Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric Ellison with the Digital Education Podcast, and I'm with my buddy, my friend, David Hunt, uh, who is the Education Director at Cardis. And we're having a conversation because he supported the work that I got to be a part of with um, Lynn Swanner, John Eckert, and Matt Lee, um, a research project called Future Ready, um, talking about issues of sustainability and innovation in Christian schools um, going into the future. And so, David, you know, as being part of this project from the beginning, being an encourager and a supporter and helping us craft it and frame it a little bit, like, um, the, the question I have for you is, what would be the encouragement as someone sits down and reads this book? What would you encourage them to do? And how might you encourage them to use this book in, in their own reading it personally or even in a group setting? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Eric. Yeah, I think from what we, we, we hear from those on the ground, whether it's principals, teachers, and any, any school leader, um, I think the questions that you have, I think a lot of them are going to be answered in this book. Of course, specifically on the topic of financial sustain, sustainability, how can we find creative ways to, to fund our schools? Um, that's, yeah, I think a lot of the questions that every principal is asking, and often my experience has been principals don't know other principals have the exact same question. They think they're, they're struggling. They're trying to find creative ways. Um, because even too, with enrollment, you'll, you'll find schools that have wait lists in terms of enrollment, but as a Christian principal, it's so difficult to, to say raise tuition and the cost of everything is going up. And you're like, I don't want to pass these costs on to parents. Um, so, so working through those struggles where even if there's crazy demand for your school, um, still often there's, there are those struggles financially, at least the principals that I talk to and, and at least the, the ones that we hear from. So I think, yeah, a lot of those questions are answered in this book. Um, and, and for me, a big, a big takeaway from this book is, and of course, there's so, so many examples, um, it's how do we make room for those who typically can't afford tuition at our schools? That's, I think, huge. Um, yeah. It, so it is this interesting idea of you're not alone, right, you know, in this. And so how to use this book as a place of like, you know, just kind of thinking and talking and wondering out loud and, and just realizing that you're not alone in some of the opportunities, some of the dilemmas, some of the struggles that that come. And then and then that idea of, of, of really pushing in, how do we increase accessibility to our schools for more yeah. students? And, 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 what, and what others have done, you're probably not going to be able to replic replicate it exactly in your school environment because we all are in, are in different situations, working with different families, different communities. And so our challenges, uh, the, the details are unique, obviously, but I think there's so much you can pull. There's so, so much that's transferable in terms of just, just how to start thinking in a way that we haven't thought um, before about how, how to approach the challenges of finances and enrollment. So what, one of the things, and I remember having this conversation and maybe put you on the spot here on this one is like, you, you know, some of what you told me as this book was, or as the research was unfolding and as the book was being produced, that there was a little bit of jealousness as a Canadian, as you read some of this, <laughs> right? Like, give, give us a little bit of that cultural context as like, this is, there was some, or an anecdote that really resonated with you that's like, okay, culturally, you know, or the contextual nature of that, that was really cool. Do you, you, you kind of get what I'm asking? Yeah, I think, I, so, so I, so I think, so, 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 and, and maybe that's where, and I, 
with the case studies that, that are presented in the book, there, there were at least one or two of them, maybe three, where there's a part of me as a Canadian that was like, I got to take this with a grain of salt because the, the, the amount of money you guys have down in the States in terms of even the potential of, say, donors. Whereas like, I'm, I'm trying to think, okay, what donors would I reach out to, uh, if, you know, in, in certain school communities, in certain cities, towns? It's like, like who, like, were, were there examples given where I think one, one of the schools, 90% of the funds are provided by donors. Brilliant, wonderful idea. But in, in a city, and, and I may be getting this wrong, I think it was in Minneapolis, I might be mistaken there, but uh, there aren't many Minneapolises in Canada. Um, and, and where the pool, the pool of resources to pull from, it's brilliant. I'm 90% of, 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 of expenses covered by donors, only 10% of the costs then get passed on in the form of tuition uh, to parents. Wonderful, brilliant. But does that translate to a Canadian audience? Now, the, I guess the, the, the counter to that is in Canada, in most provinces, there, there, there uh, are, are, are funding options where you can receive public funds. Uh, for your schools. That's not the case in Ontario or Atlantic Canada, but the rest of Canada, you got those options. But one of the restrictions there, especially say, let's say British Columbia, where I'm from, is you cannot spend more per student in your operating expenses than the public school. And so you have to spend less than the public school and you're not receiving any capital uh, funding. So the reality is you end up paying your teachers much less. So every teacher that's there is there out of the goodness of their heart because they so believe in the mission of the school, which is wonderful, but then their poor families aren't being paid as well. So there's, you know, some of those struggles as well as a Canadian reading this book and these American examples, I'm thinking in some respects, you guys got it good. Of course, we got it good in other ways, but uh, these were some excellent schools, but then too, to inspire us here in Canada, these are some amazing stories, some amazing schools that you've highlighted. Uh, and, and there was just, there was one or two of them where I'm like, okay, that's a little over the top. I'm not sure if that school exists in Canada. So, so what would be like one of those anecdotes that you would say, Hey, you know what, like it, something that got you excited that that's like, you know, you mentioned Hope Academy in Minneapolis, right? And, and like the unique nature of how they fund their school. And then there's probably a little bit more like, um, you know, there's the Hope Christian Schools in Milwaukee that would be maybe a little bit more similar to what you find in Canada, where there's the, you know, the public funding and, you know, and some of the funding issues that the opportunities, but then the issues that come with public funding. You know, what was there something that like, you know, this was really kind of cool to me um, that that you'd maybe like to highlight, you know, or encourage people to dig deeper on? So I think I think something that could apply to almost all of us wherever we're at and just in terms of thinking outside the box and including the community, including students and finding creative revenue streams. I think it was correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was Linden Christian School. Uh, that Washington State, which is very close to where I live, actually. Uh, good friends in that area whose kids go to that school but I, I i think it was that school where they had like a thrift thrift store a thrift shop where you have volunteers and you have students who are heavily involved um so it keeps the cost down but then the revenue that comes in from that uh, is is going to the school so I, again the details so long ago i read the book because i was in the the early process of course of the editing process is what i read it so i think it was like half a million something like that dollars that they're bringing in through this through this thrift store but also Students are included in the process. Volunteers are included in the process. So it's more than just a revenue stream. It's like, no, how do we make a real community here uh, where, where it's more than just the money, where, where it's, it's, 
our opportunity to, 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 to be part of the community and for students to, 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 to plug in and understand what it is to be a good citizen, to be a, a, a real Christian in the real world um, outside of just the school setting. So all those kind of dynamics where it's more than just raising revenue, although that's, of course, important, but go, going going beyond that. And, 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 and again, that's an example I do think is, 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 is relevant to almost all of us that all of a sudden can relate to. Well, it is interesting, like you look at that, where it's like, I think, you know, sometimes the school started with these ideas, you know, we one of two ways, like, hey, we, we got to create revenue, so we're going to create a revenue stream. And then all of a sudden, they backed it up and worked it into, like, what does this mean as a revenue stream as a school? Like, where do our students fit? Where are they learning in the process? Where are they serving and growing? Like, how do the two connect? And then how is it part of serving and building and leading into your community in a broader way? Um, and then I think of like CHCA with some of like, you know, the, their kind of entrepreneurial nature where it started, yes, yes. it started very much as an educational venture that led to then this financial venture that then feeds back into the learning opportunities and the entrepreneurial opportunities for students at their school. So it's this really kind of I think there's this really like some schools started at the revenue side of things and, and drove it back to the educational where others started at the educational yes. and then realized the financial benefits that would, would, would lead to more educational opportunities. And so that's where my encouragement to anyone reading this book is, is being real with your situation. And I think a, a huge takeaway from the book is beyond mission. Because every Christian school is going to be slightly different in terms of why do you exist? Who who is it that 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 who who's in your community? What families are you serving? What does all that look like? And what is the mission of your school? Coming back to that and then working out from that point. That that is a huge takeaway from the book. And on that note, to bring in some some outside research uh, that Cardis has done, there's a paper we did. I think it was about December of last year, um, so about eleven months ago or so. Uh, called A Good Fit by Catherine Bacolick, uh, did her PhD at Harvard, and, and looking at the importance of a goodness of fit between student and school, and how that relates to the Future Ready book is realizing that every school is different, and lean into that, like, that's actually a good thing, and be distinct, be on mission, be who God has called you to be as a school, as a leader, um, and also too, God hasn't called you to everyone. He's called you to some and specific someones who's entrusted to your care. So to, to lean into that. And also, too, in researching goodness of fit, it's not socioeconomic status. It's not having everybody of, of, a, of a, say, middle class or of a particular background. No, the goodness of fit that we researched was, was based on religion. So faith in our Lord and where at the school level, when, when the school and the student are a good match in terms of faith, like let's make room for kids who can't afford our schools, but share uh, in, in, in our faith. And, and that's, to, to me, that's, that was another encouragement of the, the, the importance, the critical importance of Future Ready is taking the findings from a good fit, showing that the reading and the math outcomes of say a Baptist kid in a Baptist school or a Pentecostal kid in a Pentecostal school, or even heck an Islamic kid in an Islamic school, how that fit in and of itself, that sense of belonging, which we've researched in the past and the who chooses studies and elsewhere, how important that sense of belonging is. But we now know that in and of itself has productive value, that fit, and it increases math and reading scores. Well, let's make room for the kids who can't normally afford our schools, and let's double down on 
on the mission of, of reaching of, of, of reaching uh, students for the lost, discipling students, raising them up in the faith. Because really, another another study we're doing is coming out November 22nd called Naturally Diverse. We're just looking at the province of Ontario. We looked at every single one of the independent schools that, that's in that province. And consistently, you find with Christian schools, although the mission, of course, varies slightly, writ large, a spiritual emphasis, spiritual formation is primarily the focus of Christian schools. So if that's the focus of the Christian school, then let's make room for more kids who would benefit from that faith formation. To me, that's a huge, huge takeaway from this book because it shows us how then to go about doing that. And here are examples of how to, how to make room. I, I love it. And, you know, David, this is great because it is, it's that interesting idea of be distinct and make more room, right, in that. And so it's that interesting kind of combination of as we get more distinct or as we focus more on our mission, we actually create more space for more yeah. people to be a part of that. And so an incredible encouragement. David, thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you.